share the load is built on confessions of many women and men and not on insights that's number one number two we do not invent anything we show the mirror because society knows it we know the hypocrisy of our society which is why we love stand up comedy because stand up comedy tells us what we can't tell each other you know it's it's absolutely addictive when somebody trusts you to create value and i think very few clients do that if somebody asks me how do i get most from your agency i'll say ask them that give me value not a campaign i i think you said something very beautiful and i'll probably steal it uh, which is great brands manifest law of attraction they kind of attract those people who are going to be the ambassadors of the belief system the brand believes i think share the load is a story which is much contradictory to the gospel that people don't have attention you know actually people have attention for things they care about it's a people organization and i going on record to say that this one industry has done this service to people you know we keep talking about people are important but we have really not taken care of our people you know my favorite childhood movie memory is having a dream that i'll have a house where in one corner there'll be samosas other corner there'll be jalebi and in another corner there'll be a puppet show and third corner there'll be some kind of makeshift drama happening and i'm sitting in the middle and having samosa and jalebi and watching both of these hello fellows welcome to the next episode of jagged with jaswavi subscribe to my channel for conversations at the edge with thought leaders from the branding marketing and the business world conversations that ignite new ideas ideas with rough and sharp edges hello suraj great to have you on my show hi hi jaswavi i can't recognize you you know like you absolutely fabulous as the anchor hi logo this gentleman has been my professor also has been my senior boss like person also and a friend so yes okay we take everything with a lot of love uh thank you so for giving away my age sorry thank you for giving away my age uh, i haven't hidden it by my hairstyle but yeah <laughs> oh my age is under question as well but you see it's just a number suraj yeah we vibe on that right okay If I requested you to tweet your profile, what would you say? I would say that I'm a lost child, like who is finding his way home, and on his way back home, he's trying to figure out why people do what they do. You know, and maybe in figuring that out, he will find his home. Yeah. Wow! Isn't this every soul's journey? I mean, whether they are aware of it or not, or they are mindful of it or not, but finding home is everything, isn't it? Yeah, possibly. I believe so. But I mean, this is my personal journey, and I'm—I'll be delighted if everyone will be doing that. But I, this is my personal journey, and that's my introduction. Wow. Okay. So, what an idea, Suraj Ji. Huh? You cut to straight away. I'm taking you to yeah. those times when uh, yeah. I could say we were colleagues. so yes. <laughs> so it was uh, amazing when idea of not that great well known with not great brand image came up with these communications that shook us all with abhishek bachchan taking on all kinds of roles and very very yeah. uh, futuristic scenarios 
solving societal challenges like education for all no casteism and you know no no ullu banawing you know you can't deceive anyone i mean it was very very ahead of its times and yeah. education for all is like something that's really happening covid would really made it true so how did you guys realize the power that is there in this small little uh, you know tiny handheld device i think it's like going back in the lanes where you used to be a child or adult or middle aged adult or because to me thinking of those times when i started working on idea nobody wanted to work on it because telecom at that time was a curse for anybody in the agency or the marketing side because the frantic pace you see of startups today telecom used to have that overnight the tariffs used to change the products used to change the value offers used to change and overnight marketing had to kind of put that input in the market so it was a sweat job you know and and i remember that everybody used to be wondering that which other account which other brand they could work on in the agency um and i remember vividly that the md sanjeev aga was singularly responsible for pushing us out into a zone or a think mode saying you know what my network is still underplayed my customer service still building i am not the national network i am missing in metros at that time idea did not have telephony in calcutta and bangalore we were a regional telecom brand underspending than vodafone and airtel his ask was very simple we have we will do the network and customer care what can you do for us and if you're going to only do what we can do and tell to the world then what is the power of advertising creating value for brands you know i remember not going home for 3 days we did not go home for 3 days and like i say that you need a village to raise a child you need a village to do a campaign to create an idea which creates value there was an entire village which was involved and did not go home you know right from balki tarun nikhil rao ashwin whole gang tarunum there was a whole village which did not go home for 3 days because we were challenged to create value you know it's it's absolutely addictive when somebody trusts you to create value and i think very few clients do that if somebody asks me how do i get most from your agency i'll say ask them that give me value not a campaign you know when you ask your people to give more they do more and i think out of that was born saying what can we add and and there was this imaginative idea the telephony can actually achieve a lot of things it's going to change the world today when you're talking about education for all or you know everybody will vote and stuff like that i am just thinking that did we give all these startup ideas for free mm. think about it that time we gave all these startup ideas for free today there are startups which are minting business out of it you know it's possible to teach people through mobile phone possible to do healthcare through mobile phone it's possible to do democracy through mobile phone we gave it away free but i'm glad we did and we did it before others could believe it it succeeded because you're ahead of time you know for me personally i think every time you do a value creation you don't create value you are reborn you know i think i as a professional was reborn as what planning means what insights mean what how do you build brands 
you know, because we are fixated in the textbooks we read, you know, actual life is lived, not studied in the self-help books. Most people want to read self-help books and live a better life. You cannot live a better life by reading self-help book. You can live life, have accidents, and understand how to live better. We were doing that on idea. We started with a very, very run-of-the-mill idea campaigns, hardworking. We moved on to, it's a good idea. Instead of sending a bouquet, sending an MMS for 15 rupees is a good idea. But that's not good enough. And guess what? A brand which says an idea can change your life. We were not changing our own brands. You know, which brand has idea as its brand name? And in marketing and advertising, if there's one intangible ingredient which creates billions of value, it's an idea. Excuse me. So to me, I think personally, that push, ask from the client, and our desire to create something of value, being worthy of idea the brand, being able to see a future which didn't exist, all these were schools for me. How do you plan on a brand like that? How do you think what mobile telephony could do? That's pure imagination. And that taught me early on that strategy is imagination. You know, anybody thinks strategy is rational, they're going to create middle-class brands, middle-of-the-road brands. They will never create brands which will outstand. You know, strategy is on the borderline when it is neither night nor day, when it is neither logic nor magic. It is at the cusp. Most great imagination sit at the cusp when you sit in the night to go to the loo at two in the night, three in the night, or morning. You don't know. You can't call it night and morning. You get confused between catching a flight when it is one o'clock in the morning. Say, is it day, night, which day, night? And I think idea sits over there. It's to us and to me personally, idea told me that adopting a tone different than the competition, imagining a future which brand can shine a torch on, you know, breaking the format of how brands are built, you know, taking that risk, having a client who has the courage to support it, all are ingredients for a great case study. You know, it. I think all of us became richer by doing it. We might not have got bonuses separately, but we were far richer after doing idea campaign, which was what an idea, where we understood what a celebrity brought to desk. We understood what we brought to desk. And today, it remains a case study. Wow, wow. I don't know. So many segues, so many threads. Uh, when you talked about you were reborn into uh, yes. you know getting to the depths of what planning could do what what value a brand could bring to the business uh, yeah. this is amazing to witness so early uh, in your journey <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and so so nice because you take sessions with Micah and all and we'll come back uh, to that later but this whole thing about imagination and this whole thing about uh, what can this brand be for this segment, for this these people, for the nation to let yourself fly on that and yet be on the cusp? By the way, the cusp is the edge. Yes. The edge that we talk I about. Yeah. <laughs> Creativity yes. lies at the edge. So uh, this is again, uh, you know, I think in the cons uh, this time also, this got discussed a lot that Strategy is constipated. Imagination yes. is the laxative. So this case study clearly shows that 
you know, uh, when you do that, when you are brave enough to do that, or when you can envision that, when you yes. can imagine that, and then you have a client like that, the relationship and the entire agency as a village, wow, what's possible? What an idea, Sarjit, to hone wala hai. After that, so is it is it because of that that this brand entered your life again in its new avatar in the new times at BBDO again? You have what of an idea? I I feel it's the self-fulfilling prophecy. Okay. Uh, when, <laughs> when you you actually have a baby who you nurture and then the baby grows up and you find that baby again and that time it's not a baby it's a full-grown adult. <laughs> But you feel like a parent again. You feel like I know I have seen this baby grow up, and you feel close to it. Uh, and it's a bit like our children who grow up, but we see them like toddlers, and you still want to give them as much love as you gave when they were toddlers, while they like it or not. You know, <laughs> to me, to me, it was a bit like that. I mean, coming back to uh, BBDO, uh, where uh, you know they were handling idea at the same time when I joined them as CEO and I said, wow, like maybe uh, that's the reason I'm joining them. Maybe there is a destiny which is coming alive right now, you know? So I felt secretly absolutely thrilled, you know? And I couldn't tell anybody because it seemed like a very small thing that, oh, just because you worked on a brand at some time. No, I didn't work on a brand. I was reborn there. And after a few years, maybe it's going to again rekindle that you know, which is latent in me or which is very alive in me. So to me, it was absolutely thrilling to work on idea again. And all the parental uh, instinct came alive, rushing into it, you know, that I would love to know more about it. I love to grow it more and further. And it also happened at a time when they were always talking about mergers. You know, it's like your kid is going to the university and you know they won't come back. It's the emptiness syndrome. And I felt like that saying, oh, merger would mean there will be no idea. The whole thought was absolutely disappointing. But I believe market forces were taking over. Economics was taking over. And we did get a chance to, you know, nail few last ones, which we are proud of with a new village I was part of at BBDU, you know, with Josie and Hemant and other gang. Wow. I mean, it's, it's you see, you know, when, when they used to say, we've kind of grown up on this now, Suraj, that brands are like people. Yeah. You know, so yeah that's the kind of relationship they have with people, uh, consumers, individuals. And isn't it great to see the love you have for your own brand, you know, all the analogies that you took. And I could see the pain in letting go, you know, when your child was going to university, oh God, I have to let go. Market forces have to take over. The world yeah. is going to influence it. It's not going to be under my protection, but it needs the exposure, so fine. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for understanding that. <laughs> amazing, amazing. So, were there any different challenges, uh, any insights uh, that got leveraged while building the brand again at BBDO or in your... Uh... I think the uh, world was very different by then. Uh, I think I, uh, all the ideas we had given at Low was already big startups. They were an academy and Baiju and all they were already doing education for all and everybody. You know, we were living in an urban company world and I wondered what could you do which could still be 
wondrous and joyous like we used to be. That's a challenge when a brand has to sustain a position in a platform for a very long time. And you need to go back to the context. You know, you need to go back to the culture because brand and culture has to move along. And we realize that we are living in times where network is no more a question. Everybody has network more or less with a little bit of complaints here and there. Uh, everybody has smartphone. The startups have happened. The great wonders of technology has taken over. You can't just be another, uh, oh, I have an idea. And therefore, what an idea? It has to be more doable, actionable, life-changing. And I remember when we were doing the last piece and we realized that a lot of people today are going out of business because the malls are taking over. Yesterday, when I used to go to small towns and I used to ask my client partner saying, where do I go? And say, why don't you go to this small shop? It's the most legendary shop for Kachori. And I would go and have that local savory. And today, when I asked them, where do I go? And say, haven't you seen this new mall which has come up? I said, I've just skipped the mall in Bombay. And you're sending me back there. So we were living in a very different times. But we realized that there were a lot of SMEs and shop owners, mom and pop stores, which were going defunct. Because the Amazon had taken over. Because and something many people have talked about, small shop owners being challenged. you know, And... We realized that if we used to give an idea that how could they change their livelihood, how could they change their life, maybe we'll be more relevant to the times, you know. And we came up with a simple thought which said, not working, start networking, you know. Because if the old mom and pop store is not working, all you need to do is actually put it on WhatsApp, put it on network. And start, if you network, which is what a real example of Misho and few of these are, where the small mom-pop stores are using WhatsApp and other things to actually sell products. And that really worked out for us because the, the there were green shoots of it. There were some semblance of that already taking over at that time. And today it's a reality full-blown. So I feel that it's absolutely like your child. While you can treat your 20-year-old like a toddler, you need to give the respect to demands at that age. You know? So we were giving the respect to the brand, but not losing the delivery that the brand was doing to the culture and context. Awesome. Yeah, the, the roots of the idea and the power of the idea and the transformational nature of the idea was yes. sacrosanct. It's just the context and, and what it would enable or what you would what scenarios you would take uh, futuristic or otherwise changed. You know, after listening to you, it's not even a surprise for anyone, I'm sure, that these kind of brands come under your chatar chaya uh, this way or that way because, you know, that kind of depth and, uh, if I could say purpose, uh, you know, gets fueled uh, and gets nurtured and becomes a fire, maybe, uh, takes on the imagination of the whole humanity, perhaps. And now we come to share the load. Okay, share the load yeah. is, uh, and earlier when you were talking about your mother, you know, yeah. the, the thought that came to me was that, you know, it, you can relate to it because I was listening yeah. to Josie Paul uh, at, at a point in time where he yeah. was talking about the origin of the story and he was saying that uh, in that room, there were so many women who were sharing yeah. anecdotes from their lives. And I felt that, you know, the, the, the brand is attracting a team who can yes. really feel for this, you know, yeah. because it's so, so, so deeply ingrained. I think we've talked about it earlier also in one of our conversations. Yes. So I just want to listen to you now, but 
there are there are two three aspects to it and mm-hmm. i want you to decide how you want to talk about share the load aerial brand how it's been a such a wonderful case study such an inspiring and brave case study since uh, i think you've been handling since last 7 years yes i i think you said something very beautiful and i'll probably steal it uh, which is great brands manifest law of attraction you know because um, they kind of attract those people who are going to be the ambassadors of the belief system the brand believes and and i'm getting an idea from you that why don't we create those brands which manifest law of attraction versus noise and generate some impressions and you know bit of engagement numbers because that is a byproduct of being law of attraction you know what i mean great brands are magnets for those people who have unfulfilled dreams and aspirations and unresolved conflicts in their personal life you know i've always said this that people don't need better brands they need better life you know and i have always applied life to brands and i've been more successful than applying brands to life you know um, so to me share the load really was law of attraction and last 5 years has been a great journey in trying to see how do we challenge ourselves because one of the most industry defining case study the good thing about good work in advertising and marketing is everybody wants it you know you don't have this thing oh it's not my brand i won't talk about that case you know everyone talks about it and that's the great idea of value creation you know so to me challenge of beating earlier share the load the previous share the load and contributing to the market as well as social agenda this share the load has been championing is a great exercise it does it starts at a place where you find it difficult to contribute year after year you know to sustain that for 7 years i would probably take a bet that it's single most purpose led performance campaign delivering year after year and i won't mind saying purpose led campaigns we just become sheepish about talking about brand purpose for some reason because just become a bad child of the marketing and advertising people in the age of short term optimized world we live in you know but if we did not have a purpose out of our life and and i would like to ask the fraternity today in this podcast that if you think your life should not have purpose and only optimization and if the answer is yes i'm willing to shut up on that and if the answer is no i want to challenge you and say are you really optimizing for long term are you optimizing to create value or optimizing to cost cut optimizing to have some bit of savings you know optimization is not a strategy having a purpose is a strategy because purpose decides you to commit that i will make sure my child will have the freedom to explore and find the potential that's the purpose as a parent what's the purpose you have for the brand you know so i i feel that i feel that we have a responsibility you know i do feel that by our education and exposure marketing and advertising people have more resources at their at their disposal we have read more we have understood the world more we are exposed more we are traveling more we know how we can impact culture instead of having instead of having a brand strategy if every brand started having a cultural strategy you know you won't mind saying i have a purpose but if you don't have a cultural strategy you'll be probably sitting in a position of purpose you know 
So it's just the place where you come from. I always say that when two families meet, they don't, they are incompatible like a pen drive and a computer. They both have content, but they don't read each other. I think we are living in that world. We are not reading each other. We are incompatible. So to me, I feel that what Shared the Lord did is very close to me, which I talked about, right? And law of attraction is all those people who believe that it should be an equal world. All those people believe that life should be better, not just brands, will believe in this brand. And guess what? I, I want to talk about another thing which I keep telling Josie also because I, I told him, Josie, do you realize what you have done? It is a purpose which is not feel-good purpose. It is a purpose which has paid off. It is a purpose which has paid off time and time again because no PNG and no corporation today are not for profit. So I'm going on record to say that how much value it has created for Ariel. You know, today, across so many years, you have 14 million new consumers across seven years. You know, you have created consideration and penetration. You know, there are equity scores which has gone up year after year. Nobody's going to invest in a purpose because it's feeling good. You know, that's a simple question to ask. Why Ariel has been doing it for seven years? And I and I must say this another thing which I said right. It takes two to tango. You know, hats off to PNG, hats off to Sharath, Josie, keeping that relationship going because I think child gets spoiled when it has too many parents. You know, you have your own parents and grandparents, and you will make sure that your child doesn't hear everything from everyone because the child is going to get confused. Most brands are like that. Most brands have now many stakeholders. There is no one parent of the brand. So share the load has been very personal for me. I think a lot of people who have been influenced by their mother, a lot of people who have grown up with sisters. And as a father, I always say that my daughter has grown me up as a father. All those women, men who have been impacted by women forces, you know, and another digression, which is my guru called Joseph Campbell. Joseph Campbell was a social anthropologist and he said a very simple thing. If you cut Jasravi's finger and ask the society, is it masculine or feminine? What would you say? I was cut from my mother. When did I become different? Or did society call me different? How can somebody cut from the same fabric become completely different? So we have, we have to rearrange the world in favor of all of us. We have to have an equal world. So Share the Load is not a campaign. It's a personal journey of all the people who have been on the brand, and there are many of them in seven years. And to your point, therefore, this law of attraction will always pay returns. ROI we talk about, you know. It's return on interest comes when you're attracted to something, when not when you're invested in something. When you're invested, you take it away when the market is slumpy, right? But when you're in, attracted, you're willing to go whole hog. So to me, looking at few things we do differently, right? Share the load is not about insights. Marketing talks about insights so many times, they're stuck in time, right? They want tension. There is no tension, you know? It's confessions. When your child confesses something, when your mother confesses something, when your sister confesses something, when your father confesses something, what do you do with it? It touches you. You don't try to craft it. You don't craft an insight. You know, you use the confession, you're impacted by it. My father said this, and I couldn't believe that after 40 years of knowing him, he told me this. You know, Share the Lord is built on confessions of many women and men 
and not on insights. That's number one. Number two, we do not invent anything. We show the mirror because society knows it. We know the hypocrisy of our society, which is why we love stand-up comedy. Because stand-up comedy tells us what we can't tell each other. You know, we are always making share the load a mirror to the society. Starting with, hey dad, did you share the load with mom? Are we teaching our daughters what we teach our sons? Is our mother's sisters sleeping on time or they are sleeping later than you because they have to close the household kitchen? You know, do we see each other as equal? When two men can cook together, what happens when the women intervene? Do we see each other? Why are women and men after a few years of marriage sleeping in different rooms? Why is this silent separation happening? None of this is invented. It's called deep listening. When you listen to the confession, when you let the people talk their story, and share the Lord is built in that. There is a responsibility we have, all of us, which of course Joe and all started, and that responsibility is a great journey because maybe I'll find my home back, you know, through these campaigns, through share the Lord. So I'm sharing the Lord of uh, great camp. Amazing, amazing. You know, this when you started with this whole thing of that you attract a brand and we are broken in some way. And, you know, how we are fascinated by celebrities and, and, and you know, when they take on, an, take on a role and how it changes them, how they get to some cobweb of their heart or confront a demon because they took up that role and they attracted it. And again, there are stories like, you know, when I was this, I had thought of this and then, you know, yes. this meeting and then 10 years later, etc. And, you know, if... <clears throat> Brand, I mean, the best argument that could have happened uh, that you just said about purpose uh, is that if human beings have a purpose, because you, you, you talked about Joseph Campbell and I was thinking about hero's journey. Yes, okay? yes. And, and if, if, if it's all about, you know, there's certain, like you're talking about going home and, you know, there are trials and tribulations and there's, of course, the full starting of the... Uh, you know, innocent yeah. uh, journey start, or and and everybody can relate to it, yeah. and everybody can relate to it. And and if there is a universality to us being human, to our experiences, or we are all connected, and like you talked about the pen drive and laptop, and you know how, and if we don't die, and yet we have an experience. I mean, if all that is true, then yeah. purpose has a lot of meaning. I mean, how we've defined it. How we've uh, misdefined it. I mean, we can look at that, but yeah. there is there is a mission. Each one of us feels a calling for things, yeah. and you know, we 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 if I mean, we feel true joy, yeah. and we expressed if we go that path, we we can feel the calling, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, so, why would you study in a college just because it gives you value for money? Why do you do a job because you get a salary and die unhappy? And I'm asking that question to the culture and society. We are not bereft of culture. We are actually, lack of culture is making us unhappy. We have mental health issues. And we have talked about, I mean, if the whole society and world become just consumerist, we won't exist anymore. You know, we don't eat chocolate because we want sweets. We eat chocolate because we feel lonely at the midnight. You know, and if we understand that, that brands exist because we want to live a better life. We know that we have a purpose. 
you know and i'm not saying at any time that you know that's the only way but that's a deeper way and it pays and we have the proof you know it's not a charity it's not a feel good and today you're being challenged by younger generation saying if you are using your product and the resources you use to make it is polluting the environment i don't want to buy it right yeah comes in there yeah it's not an afterthought purpose is not an afterthought right why you do business if business is all about capitalism and we know from pandemic it's broken our younger generations are calling it out saying i do not have faith in capitalism in society in institutions in police in governments so we have a proof that doesn't work the way it used to work you know and therefore just going back to the idea that oh we are capitalistic and we are for profits well i didn't say purpose will not give you profit right yeah but profit at what cost and we and i say this that i would work with like hearted people than like minded people mm-hmm. because like minded is where capitalism exists like hearted is where purpose exists yeah you know? nice very nice human wisdom uh, what we call wisdom human thought where are we had where has it led us i mean we yes. needed a u turn and i mean you know because we were just off the cliff about to fall <laughs> the u turn could only have saved yes. us and we are making the u turn and having second thoughts you know doesn't help so like you said shape the culture uh because we got reshaped a new generation is reshaped so you know how do you how do you make it vibe with them how do you make it relevant in terms of what are you going to solve what are you going to stand for uh and like you were talking about the business case suraj uh i was listening to um png client also ariel and how she was talking about that the distinctive assets that have gotten created the value that yeah. has gotten created because i mean if it's all about taking on distinct associations in yeah. the real estate of the you know consumer's head and heart okay let's say heart yeah. you know then it couldn't be more distinct distinctive than this and even vim took up uh, this kind of you know a little bit of a pie it also tried yeah. to take yeah. <laughs> in terms yeah. of gender roles and gender equality so it, there is a there's a clear business case uh, uh, even if it's not just bravery so purpose and profit you know it, it it it's not standing apart and and of course you yeah. made a case that just profit also we don't want yeah i feel that you know we care what everybody talks about actually as a society and especially our society is very shame driven not guilt driven if everybody talks about it we are wanting to actually pay attention and i think what share the load did is made everybody talk about it. you know and if you if you in indian context and in the current context if purpose is weighing heavily on you my dear marketers and advertisers let's call it social currency do you create social currency for your brand do your people not consumers talk about your brand when they are not using you and not thinking of you because most of the time they are not nobody wants to wash clothes for instance all the time or any time but guess what today we are being able to being discussed in a party being discussed in a family forum if you can create social currency for your brand you will be able to have law of attraction of people who want to participate in the conversation the conversation it's it's so powerful and the, um, i loved how you reframed it as a social currency and there was another thing that you talked about confessions you know yes. confessions i it was amazing because 
yeah, I mean, I could relate to the fact that the first ad was like a confession yeah. of the father and and deepest truth. I asked Joe, like, what gave you what gave you that line saying why is laundry a woman's job and why did the dad actually apologize to the daughter? And that's when he told me, saying, I don't think we wrote it. We just heard the confessions and hats off to him to tell me that part. I said, that means, you know, this confession with Josie has been building is all we need. We don't need insights. So to all planners and advertisers, uh, I would say that you need to break formats in the world. You want an authentic brand? Don't do insights, do confessions. Confessions are the purest form. You confess to a priest, to your friend, to your intimate partner. Most vulnerable, most uh, pure, authentic expressions and they are actually yeah. awakenings as well. You know, like you awaken yeah. to something. You can see something that you couldn't see earlier. So it's like, you know, it's like truth that now you can witness. So how has the this whole philosophy of share the load being amplified in today's times. So for social currency, I know the, 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 the power of the thought is definitely there. It's, it's life-changing if somebody thinks about it. Even when they're thinking about it, you know, uh, they can be caught at moments when they're not living it. So it's so, it's so huge and profound and big, right? Yeah. Yeah. But how is it being amplified in the... Uh, digital world, the social media, influencers, collabs. How's the young yeah. generation responding to it? Yeah, I feel that the great part of the social media is that we actually see most of the things finally on social media. It might happen on a, in a hinterland or in a village in India, but you won't see it in newspaper or you won't see it in outdoor. You will see it on social media. So anything which you do, which world can care about, world can create currency about and have a conversation, it will land up on social media. You don't have to do things on social media. And that's the fallacy which marketers don't understand. You know, that what are we doing for Instagram? It's not Instagram. First of all, the world Instagram is primitive, right? We, our villages used to be called gram, right? And therefore, if you do something worthwhile, which everybody wants to talk about and share, you will be on Instagram. So you don't actually have to be bothered about social media. You have to bother about social currency. Why, why should society talk about it? And if they have to talk about it, and in fact, our campaigns are never 30 seconds. And, and I'm glad it's not 30 seconds because we are proving something over here that a more than a minute conversation can be on social media, can be on WhatsApp groups. So many people who don't know that I'm part of this campaign, forward this campaign to me, saying, I love this campaign, you should do something like this. You know, which is the beauty of it. So to me, I think Share the Load is a story which is much contradictory to the gospel that people don't have attention. You know, actually people have attention for things they care about. You know, people don't have time for things they don't care about. So to me, it's not about amplification, you know, because amplification feels like in the first place itself is something very small. When you have confession, you don't do anything to it. Confessions needs to be put out like a child, pure, because the time you tinker with it, it will become small. Thus, those confessions fly. Confessions are already amplified, like you say, 
you know they're so they are lethal they can be uncomfortable for some people and it is we make sure that we don't try to soften it you know so i feel that we don't amplify it what we do howsoever and we do it smartly is we look at every medium and say what can we add to this conversation to give you an example when we are doing this campaign on c equal and i say that if two roommates who are men can help each other the same guy when he gets married stops helping the wife you know two men who are having a nice party will help each other clean the house the same man when wife comes in or sister comes in he is putting his feet up why does he do that and we had a very interesting idea what if the aerial pack had names of men instead of aerial so so we took some thousand names which are very popular in india from rakesh to joseph to you know manish and we also had a activation that if you want your husband's name on the pack we'll put his name and it could it could not say aerial it could say manish share the load right so i think more than amplification i would say deepening the confession you know raising the level of protest against the hierarchy of this order which we have created that you know you know uh, i bought a washing machine and i am single and the guy came and said madam kidare demo dena hai i have to give demo where is the madam i said i am the madam give me the brief take demo you know so i feel that we are keeping our ears more open to saying which medium can impact in such a way that creates more muscle to this social concurrency so it could be social calendars it could be our own packs you know it could be washing machine it could be labels of the cloth which we can write saying partnerships yeah collaboration of ecosystem mm. right mm. Uh, in fact in one of the campaigns we invited other partners other corporates who are targeting women for household products and to all humility to png they apologized saying we made a mistake for many years where we showed only women washing clothes so we are sorry we but we can't do this alone we want to invite all of you to stop doing this you know so i feel it's not a campaign if you do a campaign you amplify it it's a movement when you do a movement you deepen it i don't think mahatma gandhi amplified this campaign he deepened this campaign by going down to the villages you know the your client also said uh, that in terms of measuring in a percentage of people who believed that uh, household work is a woman's responsibility has gone down from like from for, from maybe 70% to like a 50% across yeah no in fact much much so more so what other what other uh, you know parameters tangible parameters you would yeah. say that have changed of course this yeah. shift uh, we can we can have a much more studied facts but the facts which really startled me that you added 40 million new consumers you had sales growth over 7 years of 60% if you measure if i just measure the last campaign my penetration went by 20% right my consideration went up by 81% these are numbers which are measured by them not by us right our equity went by 18 points our sales growth went by 36% so i think we have a we have a entire case study to prove that when you affect culture they are willing to put their money on that movement you know and i think not only money they are willing to put their time to forward that movement they are willing to actually invest their attention you know 
so while we get attention and time it is clearly affecting the market and and with all due respect right this is a movement which is very personal to our people you know it's not a detergent anymore yeah. you're washing the cultural stain of patriarchy yeah and if share and if uh, aerial was not so well entrenched into detergents it could very well have moved into uh, adjacent categories uh, because Absolutely. share the load is uh, is is a philosophy like that so now we've been talking about culture suraj what does culture mean to you because culture agency culture advertising culture subcultures consumer culture culture is everybody's talking against okay, you know culture can eat Uh, strategy for breakfast and all of that so we are coming to organizational culture eventually <laughs> because yeah, yeah, you yeah. are in that kind of a role uh yeah. transcending the planning so yeah. what does culture mean to you and how do you think it impacts an agency agency's functioning or leadership or it's the other way around i have understood culture as a planner first but before that i was understood as a lost child you know because i was wondering why i am pampered in my house and my sisters are not why my mother cooks in the house my father does not uh, culture came into play that and i should deeply think about it which is why i was lost child because nobody is answering those questions it was a done practice you know i was sent to a boarding school my sisters were not culture you know i wanted to dance in sangeet when the marriage happens but i was not allowed as a child culture right i wanted to play dolls with my sister because i was just my siblings were two sisters but i was told you should not culture right i didn't like to go to a military school but i just sent you know without asking culture right i i enjoyed um wearing earrings because i used to find it i still wear it right it's a different reason that my daughter was not piercing her ears so i said okay i'll pierce it together culture right so i have always understood that culture was not made by me it was made by the society and therefore the first definition for me was coconut on a tree is nature when you break it it becomes culture when you break it you put it in a worship place you start breaking it for auspicious ganpati and stuff like that. it becomes culture on a tree it's nature when human beings intervene with nature it becomes culture you know how should we live how should we wear clothes how should we reproduce how should we raise family you know how should we grow food how should we pack it when you intervene with nature it becomes culture that's the first journey which i did and then i grew out of that and i started realizing that culture also creates conflicts between what an individual wants and what society wants that's where brands come in you know the conflict of culture individual and collective creates need for how do i resolve this you know without revolting against it that was the second journey and the third journey as a as almost right leading the team and the tribe you know um, as the head of the agency and partners the culture became very different for me it became about decision making it became about sleeping with the values which i believed in it became more personal so to me culture is almost like making your bed through the day you know when you take decisions that's when culture comes in 
culture is not on your powerpoint culture is not on your placard in the reception culture is not written on your website every decision you make is reflection of your culture you know so to me particularly it has been very visible because i i took up this head role of a bbdo and landed into pandemic you know and pandemic has not been kind to many many organizational heads and the head of the tribe and it has tried them in many ways i had a very simple way of good dealing with it i wanted to know what my values are what do i believe in it's easy to say i believe in you know equal gender but it's difficult to say that i don't know what my wife earns you know so to me during pandemic is when it was very clear that culture is visible in everyday decision making which are hard which has stakes which could be uncomfortable to other people you know and therefore culture of an agency we talk about in many forums right culture of this agency is that that of my culture is not about companies culture is about people and largely it should start at the top and i have learned it hard way that you got to go back to who you are what you believe in you know where you are in the journey back to your home and manifest that in your decisions yeah it's it's when the rubber meets the road in terms of what you're normalizing by dis, um taking decisions and uh, in that moment of crisis when it's inconvenient yes what are you going to say yes, yes to and say no to because yes. yeah that that's the true test so leadership and today's times um uh, suraj when there is advertising industry has changed so much the place of advertising in the marketing mix has changed the equation between clients and advertising agency has changed of course there are gems of relationships here and there but overall the you know equation the respect uh, the partnership has become different because like you were saying there are many many parents today you know i mean there are many nannies also <laughs> there are daycare centers also yes, so yes. in this high pressure world what is the role of the leadership uh to and and what are they supposed to ensure in that world in that tribe such that great work happens you used a very interesting word tribe and uh, i don't know many people know that but i am educated by qualification in social work i have done master in social work from tis where they have a fantastic uh, way of teaching there for two days you don't sit in the institute you go and work with an ngo you know and i was working in borivili national park where and ngo was fighting for wildlife rights because not many know that borivili national park before it became national park was inhabited by wildlife tribals and in that tribe on one night when i was present one of the hamlet one of the hut caught fire and the mukhya the main head of the village did not do anything but one of the person who nobody knew actually jumped into the fire saved the cattle saved the people saved some assets from the house and next day he was the hero and my biggest learning about leadership is leadership is not a designation leaders are born in crisis when the match is 
at a penalty level and one goal can change the game a leader is born when the organization is not doing well and people are most important thing while the profit demands that people should be sacrificed a leader is born you know so a crisis gives birth to leader which brings me to your question that we are living in world where crisis is every day crisis is the new normal which means every day is an opportunity to reveal whether you can lead the tribe or not and it's a test it's a it's a acid test and i love that because i also believe that this kind of change keeps you young keeps you excited keeps you thrilled it is like a thriller you know so i am not worried about change i think leadership today is a gone passe study i think today's generation and times are looking for mentors not leaders so we, this leadership dialogues have to stop at some time you know it assumes that they are leaders you know there are no leaders left if there were leaders we wouldn't be in such a crisis you know the industry is in crisis the marketing is in crisis everybody has to justify their job everybody has to show savings from advertising and marketing spend and there are leaders i feel the time has come we need mentors we are working with the entire generation which is suffering from mental health we are working with talents who are not happy in their jobs they are asking bigger questions they are asking what am i working for what's the meaning of this work how much is the reward why am i rewarded less what's the reward which ceo is getting why don't i know that what's the value of my hour why don't i get work life they are questioning the idea of work they question the idea of reward they question the idea of designation of cubicles and if any leader thinks they can lead these people i would love to kind of sit in their class you know certainly i feel that people with experience like us have big data we have data to churn just like machine learning we have learned and therefore instead of leading if we started mentoring you know we have more experience we have seen more seasons we have seen more changes everything has been tried on our generation from the landline to pager to telephony everything has been tried that means we have a great sense of adaptability which this generation does not have you know we are a generation who have listened to our parents now we are listening to our kids the sandwich generation we are sandwich generation so to me i think this generation has a role of mentorship not leadership you know how can we make believe to me personally and joji with my partner we want to make everybody in bbdo believe that they have a meaningful role in this organization and i'm not even coming to meaningful role in brand and campaign and you know everybody has a personal role you know we introduced something very interesting few years ago everybody has a passion which nobody knows nobody is a account person nobody is a planner nobody is a creative person i know he is a drummer i know she is a she is a great aeronautical engineer because in her hobby she is doing that we told everyone bring your personal side to work because if we bring personal side to work will be a commune will not be an agency and it's important and i believe that it's a people organization and i going on record to say that this one industry has done disservice to people you know we keep talking about people are important but we have really not taken care of our people you know and i'm willing to go on record on saying that it's time we stood up our people because 
I don't go to BBDO. I go to a bunch of people I love to meet, love to talk. They have so much to contribute. We are confessing to each other. And then we are taking that confessions and sharing with brands and people and saying, hey, you know what? This is the real truth. So to me, I feel uh, it's mentorship, age we are living in. Uh, I feel we should listen rather than dictate. You know, we should use our AI, which is actual experience rather than, you know, made up things. We should try to show the path. We should also see the path. You know, we are living in times it's a two-way exchange. Well, leadership assumes lead, somebody has to lead. Mentorship is two-way process. It's more therapeutic. We need to hear what are you going through? What do you want to do in life? How it is going to be meaningful? And I, I'm pleased to say that as BBDO Asia, we did a survey, which is a third-party survey, on how what's our belonging index of our people. And in BBDO Asia, BBDO India has highest belonging index. More of people belong to this organization. Yeah. So I, I believe we have a role to play. We need to put heart back into our commune. You know, and we need to adopt the new practices without without leaving the heart. Otherwise, there'll be no creativity. There'll be no magic. So you you've you've answered it this at many levels, and you know, I could almost picture um because. Yeah, I was just thinking about creativity and when you were saying disservice to our people and we were, and you know, I was thinking that, you know, I've been in agencies for the longest time, but everything I've learned about creativity has been by my own endeavors and my yes. own consistency and other practices that I took up because uh, that was not the talk, uh, the process for it or igniting it or protecting it. That was not the conversation that was happening yes. in the creative department. Uh, maybe, I mean, they had their mentors who did it, but, you know, uh, in yeah. planning or client servicing or generally in the consciousness of uh, an organization uh, of advertising, creativity and, and, you know, how when you give birth to an idea and if it's not taken up, how do you heal? How do you get back uh, to the whole thing? How you keep birthing, you know? I mean, yeah. how do you keep yeah. feeding to yourself? How do you keep drawing from your life? I mean, all that. Uh, and how do you how do you sharpen your own voice? Because that's what it's all about, isn't it? Real gun to me, and I'm the new gun. Suraj, you cannot think or elaborate. Okay, otherwise I will not be kind. I will shoot at you. Let's see how you do. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. The mother's best advice. Uh, be yourself. Alternate profession could have been? A psychiatrist. What would you do on Mars for fun? Bartending. Ah, as per your wife, your most often used phrase? Believe in the truth. One thing no one knows about you? One thing no, I'm a dancer. Kathak? Any dance. Oh, nice. Okay. A book you'd like to gift to all your friends? A book that I'd like to give all my friends. I would like to give any book from Joseph Campbell this year. Nice. What's something new happening in your life right now? New happening in my life? I'm rediscovering all the questions I had uh, when I was a kid and I'm rediscovering answers. So my house is full of books. You can't sit anywhere and not find a book. <laughs> and it's not I don't have a bookshelf. It's just lying like a bookshop everywhere. Mama, are you listening? 
come back and reclaim your territory. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite childhood memory? My favorite childhood memory is having a dream that I'll have a house where in one corner there'll be samosas, other corner there'll be jalebi, and in another corner there'll be a puppet show, and third corner there'll be some kind of makeshift drama happening, and I'm sitting in the middle and having samosa and jalebi and watching both of these. Wow! My God! Okay, if you were to devote the rest of your life to philanthropy, what would you choose? I would choose to help a lot of young people live better and not have the wisdom when they are fifty or forty. Mm. And you're doing that. What is your greatest joy? My greatest joy is to actually impact or just inspire or just get the playback saying, you know, that day you said something and it made me think. Uh, <laughs> very, very nice. Okay. What's a lesson that took you a long time to learn? A lesson which took me a long time to learn is that you've got to be your absolutely unbiased different self we all have different self hidden in us uh, i think it took me a long time to understand that you don't need to hide even an iota of it you know you don't need to moderate it you don't need to dilute it be the concentrated what people think is the dark side of themselves to actually change and impact the world yeah what is one missed opportunity you wish you could have a second chance at love <laughs> and uh, this is a wrap up Suraj uh, I will request you to share any uh, address online uh, through which people can reach out to you yeah so I think um, you can get in touch with me at uh, insta sk running thoughts um, I'm constantly running and constantly thinking so you can catch me there for sure. I think I would love anyone who is going to chance upon this podcast to listen to it because uh, what Jasravi brings is a sense of energy where you don't want to have a dialogue. Uh, you want to have a reflection. So I would call it reflection at the edge, which is what has happened to me. And if you are interested in listening and kind of being in the shadow of reflections or even borrowing the inspiration of reflection or if you're called to actually have a conversation with her, I think you'll benefit more because there are too many conversations happening and it's become cacophony. But what probably this jagged brings to me personally, she has made me reflect on so many things. And that's the treasure box for anyone who chances upon it. So please do. So, so unique and original as always. <laughs> mean that yeah thank you so much that is so sweet of you